So, we've just come out of a series about the prodigal sons. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. There's like nine episodes, you know. If you want to binge watch, hit, hit our, our, face, our YouTube page and hit that. Power series, don't have time to get into it. Transforms, transforms your life. So that's in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son. Okay, now we go, I was just carry on reading. So we've been in Luke 15 for nine weeks. Now I'm on Luke 17. So I read maybe a chapter every year. <laughs> no, no, probably like I just bounce around, but you know, I'm reading it slowly and I'm trying to just understand what the Lord is saying, and I'm trying to contextualize the whole chapter, but um, I don't have time to unpack it, and I'm not going to try to unpack everything I've got, but I am going to focus on one thing, and um, so Luke, this physician, he's speaking, he's, he's writing what Jesus is speaking, and um, these guys are all asking, hey, when is, when is the kingdom of God coming? Like, when is, what's happening? You've been around, you've been talking, and Jesus has been talking about the kingdom. And they're like, what is, what, what, tell us, when, what is this kingdom, and when is it coming? So in Luke 17, verse 20, I don't know if it's up there, but it's, it's titled, Jesus teaches about the coming of the kingdom of God. So he says, one, so the story goes like this. One day the Pharisees asked, so those are religious teachers, when will, the kingdom, when will the kingdom of God come? So Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. It's not a money thing like this. You walk on the beach and you're trying to make cash and then it starts beeping and then you go, oh, okay, deet, deet, deet. there's the kingdom of God detected. Oh, Jonathan, where are you? Sorry, bro, one more word I felt for you. The Lord just reminded me now. Jonathan sent a message. Thank the Lord. Cops are outside. Don't speed. <laughs> hey, who you see? He's not a cop detector, you know. But you, I felt, I felt like the Lord is is using you as a scout, to scout for things to come, and to see what's ahead for this church, and to protect people, to protect your wife, to protect the youth, to protect the church. And I felt like that thing there. Is, is you protecting us. Now, we don't speed. We're good Christians. Relax, Metro. We don't go over 60, you know. We, <laughs> but you protected us this morning, you know, and I just think, like, the Lord is really using you in that. But, yeah, so, thanks, Brew. So, um, yeah, the kingdom of God can't be detected. That's what he says, Okay. The kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. <sighs> the kingdom of God is among us. I'm telling you, don't let the enemy lie to you. The kingdom of God is among us. Next verse. We've bounced around a bit, but from verse 26. Luke 17, when the Son of Man returns, this is when Jesus comes, it will be like it was in Noah's days. You remember Noah? Hey, old man, why are you building a boat? The sun is shining lacquer. We're all brying. Go read the story. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings. Of course they would. The sun is out. What do we do when the sun's out? Hey? 
right up until the time Noah entered the boat. They must have thought, this oak's mad, bro. Right up until the time Noah entered the boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. This is the kingdom of God. It says there, the kingdom of God will be like this. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. I don't know if you know the story, but basically there was another city that was a little bit, little bit uh, yeah, like some of the cities we live in. <laughs> and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, because we're living. Until the morning, Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Okay? Now, this isn't a preach about hell, you know, hell and hellfire and brimstone. I'm just, yeah, it's not, just relax. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So Jesus is saying, everything's going to be normal because you won't know when I'm coming. But what do you do when you don't know when something's happening? What do you do? You watch. You prepare for, you know, the emergency fund, the three months salary in your bank. Now, if you've reached that level, (laughs) you are like 99.9% of the people that are not at that level. You are the 0.01% that can save three months salary, but I haven't reached that status yet. But that's the emergency. You you look forward. If you're not sure what's happening, see, Jesus says, I will come like a thief in the night. If you know the thief's coming, you can prepare. And you can Make your preparations, and you can lock the door. Not like us who fall asleep and then <laughs> two in the morning. So here it says this. Yes, it will be business as usual right up until the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person will be out on the deck of a roof and must not go into his house to pack. Hectic, eh? You won't have time to go and pack the things that you love so dearly. A person out in the field must not return home. So I'm at work, I'm on the field, the day has come, and I mustn't return home where my family is. Just saying. (laughs) Remember what happened to Lot's wife. He looked back. Remember? She turned to a pillar of salt. Hectic story. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go... You will save it. Interesting, hey? That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. The scripture terrifies me. It's terri- it, it terrifies me. Two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken. The other will be left. Have you seen that movie, Left Behind? Scary. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken. The other one left. Where will this happen, Lord? The disciples asked. Jesus replied, Just as the gathering of vultures shows there's a carcass nearby, so these signs, these signs indicate that the end is near. So in the one he says it can't be detected, but in the other it says if you just look around, if you just look at earthquakes and red moons and all this cry and the end and all these things that are happening, You might just see that the end is near. So that's one side of the thing. 
so these guys are asking Jesus these questions. What's happening? When, when is this kingdom coming? Imagine someone walking around saying, it's coming, it's coming. This is happening. Don't worry. The markets are going to turn. Don't worry. But it's not coming. And the red arrows are going like this. And it, you, you're not seeing it coming. And so then we get to Luke 18. And this is what I want to focus on. And I wasn't going to... Yeah. This is what I want to focus on quickly. So... Jesus is talking about the kingdom. The end, is the end is coming. And so Jesus speaks to this rich young man. So let's read this. Once a religious leader, so the title in my Bible says, Jesus speaks to the rich young man. But he's also a religious leader. Okay, so he's a religious leader with some wealth. We don't know how he got it, but pro probably over the years. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. You see, it's a play on words there. <laughs> but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not steal. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. So he knows everything that this guy's done. Jesus knows he's done all these things. So the young man replies, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard the answer, he says this, yeah, but there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When Jesus, when, but when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, having said all that, God does not hate rich people. Rich people enter the kingdom of heaven. This is not a story about how much wealth you have in the bank. This is a story about what you cannot give up for the call of God on your life. That's what the story is. I'm like, Lord, what are you saying here? Rich people. You're telling me there's no rich people in heaven. Of course there's rich. Well, they're physically their assets are still here, but they were once rich when they were still on this earth, and they in heaven. What Jesus was addressing is he was saying, you love those things so much that you need to give them up. And I felt this morning in the two minutes that I have left, <laughs> I felt that the Lord is really saying to us, as a, as a church, as families, as businessmen and, and women, as business owners, as employees, as employers, that we need to trust in Him fully. See, because the Lord will use any man or any woman that says, I, I will. See, the Lord wanted to use this guy. He said, just sell everything and come follow me. Why? Bro, it's not easy to travel with all those things on camelback. Bro, think about the story. 2,000, how many years ago? 2,023 years ago, right? <laughs> There's a nice castle 
whatever, built out of whatever. There's all the stuff. How are we going to take it, bro? Just sell it, get rid of it, and let's go. Come follow me. Because it's a burden to you where we're going. Now, I'm not saying, guys, I enjoy nice things. <laughs> I think we all enjoy nice things. We enjoy nice food. We enjoy ease. Tech. I'm not against tech. I like to be able to order things with my 99 Rand subscription. Just order it. It's easy. Best 35 bucks I ever spent in my life. Because it's easy. But the Lord is saying this morning, there's some stuff that we've got that can't go into the next season of our life. So the story goes like this. How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for the camel to go through an eye of a needle. So I just want to tell you, and Hilton shared something of this at Equip, and I've been feeling it on my heart for like a year. So I'm thinking, needle? So I go to the sewing kit, which has nothing in it, by the way. You couldn't even, you can't, it's like one needle, there's no thread. I don't know. <laughs> we don't sew these days, okay? Okay, yeah, well, maybe your sewing kit is a bit different. I'm looking at this needle and I'm like, yeah, it's impossible. Spot on. You cannot, there's no ways you can fit a camel through this needle, accurate. So what I thought the scripture was, and it is saying that, but if you study it and you look deeper, do you have that pick of that big gate? So back in the day, you see that door there? That door, do you have the newer one? So that's like a picture, that's the actual door that's still in Jerusalem, I think, at the Jaffa Gate, okay? That door Actually, that's the, the big door, but there's a smaller door called the eye of the needle. And I was like, so the smaller door is called the eye of the needle. And so what would happen is at 6 p.m. or when the sun goes down or when it's Shabbos, they lock the gates. Why? Back in the day, not now, but still now they lock it at 6 p.m. or when the sun goes down. Why? To protect the city. They, they lock the gates. Remember, we're talking back in the day, and there's people inside, and they want to protect them. But a guy got stuck outside, or he's traveling, or he is still on his way. He left late because he was preaching the gospel to the other guys that side. So he's returning home, okay? He arrives, and it's 10 past 6. Shame. We're not going to open these massive gates, which take like half an hour to lock, slide these things just to let one guy through. So what did they do? They decided to build, cut a hole, and build the eye of the needle. And so what would happen is, when a late traveler would arrive, they would open the small door and say, come in, and while they watch and secure the town. So what Je And the context, everyone knew the eye of the needle back in the day. And so the rich guy who had a lot of things, cups, gold, bags, sacks, grain, would have to offload everything and push his camel through that little thing. Yeah, because it was like, and if your camel was a mafuta one, it was harder to get through. And so, so he was saying, he was saying, how hard is it? Do you want a mission with all these things just to get in? Just make it easy for yourself, bro. Get rid of the stuff you don't need. Guys, just ask the life group. Ask my life group. 
ask our life group how many things we have in our house that we don't need. <laughs> no, we, but it's just like, guys, guys, the Lord is saying to us, where are we going? It's not a wealth thing. It's not a possession thing. It is a things that are weighing you down, a burden to you. And so the guy arrives at the gate. The other scripture says he made it just in by the skin of his teeth. And I believe the Lord is saying to us this morning, and I'm done, that we need to just offload what we're carrying in order to go into what the Lord is calling us to. You see, outside, that outside, if you look at that city, so basically it was, Jeruz- what is Jerusalem? One square kilometer. So there's a, a wall, and then there's the outside, the unknown. And so if you're a traveler, if you're searching, if you're wondering, you're lost, you're outside the city, maybe you're passing by. What happens when you're locked outside and it's nighttime? Start getting scared. Can't find, or am I wrong? It's fine in the day, but when darkness comes, all the trouble, all this stuff comes out. And so the guys were going to the gate to find refuge because they knew what was in the city. They knew that there was shops, merchants, a place to stay. It's an incredible story. But they couldn't bring that stuff in here. You see, that in, in that gate, and what Jesus is saying, in that gate, there's security. There's peace. There's a place to rest. There's a place to lay your head. But you're going to have to leave some stuff there. I don't know what that means for each and every one of us. But the Lord is calling us and our families and the next generation and the next set of people that we're leading, that we, that we, he's calling us to lay some things down, to go through, to pick some other things up. And those things, you see, the, the illustration is eternity in heaven with God. Because we know that we take nothing with us. And Jesus says, don't store for yourself up treasures that moth and rust destroy. Even those beautiful things that I have. They could last a couple of generations, but eventually they're just going to be a distant memory. And the tech will be so old, guys are going to, it's not going to, it's obsolete. But God is saying, check what you're carrying. Get rid of what you don't need. Pick up what you need. Walk through the gate. Find life, freedom, peace. All those things that come with it. Oh, it's actually... I want to close with this psalm, and then you can maybe pray for us, John. So there's a psalm that David writes... And it's kind of, he was protecting the city. And he says this, he says, he says this, listen to my prayer, O, o God, Don't, do not ignore my cry for help. 
Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by all my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me. And I can't stop shaking. Now this is King David. Can't stop shaking. Oh that I have oh that I would have wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. Let me just escape this. It's too much. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from the storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, my enemies, and frustrate their plans. For I see conflict and violence in the city. The city that he runs, so to speak, because he was king at the time. See, there was unrest in the city. And he couldn't take it. He was saying, my city, a place that's supposed to be secure, a haven, a place of love, there's unrest, there's conflict. And he says, even worse, my best friend has betrayed me. And then he starts to speak about that. See, we can be hurt by people that have betrayed us in our own circles. He says, it's not an enemy who taunts me, for I could bear that. It's not my foes who insult me. I could have hidden from them, but it is my equal. We can take hard words in love, but betrayal is a hard thing to endure. And what I believe the Lord is doing with us this morning is He's creating a place, a narrow gate. Matthew 7, for the the gate is narrow and small and few will ever find it. But it leads to life. As soon as you walk through that gate, as soon as you push that camel, hey, I'm leaving the stuff, but I'm not leaving the camel. I've been going, I've walked a long road with this camel. He's coming with me. But all this stuff I leave. As soon as you walk in there, life. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You're carrying all this stuff and in a moment you just take it off and you walk in and Jesus accepts you. And we know the story. Celebration in heaven. And so I'm asking you this morning, what is it that you're carrying that's stopping you from passing through that door? And lay that before the Lord's feet this morning as we pray. Thanks, John.